Thrones on the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to episode 57 of the On the Table Gaming Podcast. And today I'm joined with our Gen Con 2019 champion, Brett Lanfear. Thanks for coming on, Brett. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me back. And now for the first time on the podcast, but someone that I've, I've had a, the pleasure of working with for quite some time now is Colin Kleosis. He is our On the Table Gaming editor for the website. So, Colin, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on. I thought before we get into talking about the Targaryens, which was kind of the big news a few days ago, uh, we did have last night a new drop about the 1.5 updated panic rules. And so now panic tests are being made by rolling 2d6 along with a single d3. If you fail your panic test, instead of taking the difference between that number and your morale stat, instead you take d3, whatever the value is on that d3 plus one in wounds. I thought maybe we just get a, a quick discussion about that and, and uh, what your initial take is. Brett, what do you think, as a Lannister player especially? <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's crazy. Uh, I think the initial reaction is, uh, is going to be where people uh, remember the times that they wiped out eight Raiders with a panic cast, right. and they're, they're going to think that this is doomsday and that Lannisters are nerfed. But uh, if you actually crunch the numbers, I think on an average, the Lannisters are going to deal more damage with panic. Now, I think the big thing is some of the targets that were kind of a, a no-no are now open season. So it's worth taking a shot with seriously on the crown at a dog because if they fail by one, they're actually automatically dead. And then, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just thinking back to an episode we had not too long ago where we had some of our uh, Stark players on lamenting. Yeah, isn't that great? How, how, you know, the Starks just had all these major changes with the Wolves, and we... Because I tend to play Lannister the most myself. We get a change that looks like it's going to nerf a major faction attribute of ours. And then next thing you know, we're actually stronger. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the big things that maybe people are misinterpreting is that I think it does change the game up a lot. But, I, you know, Brett, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Is that now actually, in, in many cases, it makes sense to, for example, Cersei crown an elite unit and get, you know, if they fail by one, they're taking a significant amount of, you know, D3 plus one wounds on a more expensive unit. That's that's great. My, my favorite unit to pick on is Jon Snow Veterans. Oh. Everybody loves Jon Snow Veterans. So if you manage to engage them while they're on a two-point objective, it's worth taking a shot with a, a panic check to, to drop a rank off because D3 plus one, there's a pretty good chance you're going to peel four off, and then you might contest that objective and deny him the score. And he wouldn't have the opportunity to heal if you did it at the end of the round. So right. there's, 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 definitely some, uh, there's definitely some stuff that can come up. And I, I think even, even anybody without Cersei, it's, it's worth a shot. I mean, they'll fail on a 5, 4, 3, or 2 from the crown, and then they'll take the D3 plus 1 wound. So right. well, you're not just it. fishing for a bad roll anymore. You can, you can, it's worth a shot. Yeah, as a free folk player, like, there might be times when I want to take the crown to just zap a unit because I might be more successful pushing through damage on their morale than hitting them with a, a few raider attacks. Right. And it's, it, it's actually interesting because I'm sure that it's a coincidence, but uh, I've had a chat with some of the other guys on, on the table gaming uh, <laughs> regarding the crown zone and how it, it's uh, maybe it needed rework because it's not really good for anybody outside of Lannisters and I guess Baratheons when they want to control the crown. But uh, 
But this panic change, they kind of they kind of cleaned that up. I think the I think it's a valid zone for everybody now. Yeah, and, and Chase, I want to loop back around really quickly to something you mentioned about the free folk. One of the biggest aspects about this that I was thinking about, and it's something that I wrote um, when we wrote that uh, editorial the other night, mm-hmm. is just the effect that this is going to have on giants for free folk players. Um, before, I mean. They get crown zapped. They may lose a wound or two on occasion if Cersei's on them as well. But now, since they're having to roll, and these are auto wounds that are going to bypass that two uh, two wounds per actual giant wound, um, you could, if the giant's already wounded with just even one, there's a pretty good chance you could take it out entirely with one panic test. So the, the, yeah, and I think, but in a, in a weird way, though, like I'm kind of okay with that. Like I I like the idea of like Cersei or units with vicious. Like that's their role now. Like they really they don't take out like the chaff units necessarily. They're really yeah. focusing on and dealing with these high target or high priority targets. I don't know thematically and like just it seems that seems cool to me. Yeah, I'm I'm largely okay with it. And uh, back to what Colin was saying, I think uh, we talked about my 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 love of paid mutiny as a solo killer. Well, you can uh, you can remotely kill a giant before it does anything. If you if you pop him with seriously and hit him with the crown, and he takes two or three wounds, and then you can finish him off with paid mutiny, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting, actually. Maybe, maybe I take that back. Maybe I'm not as okay with this. As I, was like, I was like, oh yeah, that's great. And then, uh, but is this also in a weird way a um, a buff to healing effects as well? Whereas, you know, I'm thinking of for free folk, we have a champions of bone. Every time an engaged enemy fails a panic test, the unit may restore up to two wounds. When I was potentially taking, you know, up to eight wounds from a panic failed panic test, getting two wounds back wasn't much. But when it's capped at, you know, D3 plus one, getting two wounds back periodically, you know, that that seems kind of appealing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At this point, you're essentially trading them back and forth as either the Blackguard or the followers of bone by uh, forcing the unit to uh, take a panic attack test before it attacks you. Now, you know, for me, I think the followers of Bone, I think, got a, a, actually a, a huge buff with this. But, you know, Brett, as a Lannister player, and, and I guess Colin as well, you know, I know a lot of people have been w- trying to work Blackguard into their lists. A lot of people are panicking right now. Did the Blackguard get worse or actually better with this change? Better. Definitely better, yeah. Most definitely. And, and Lannisters actually have access to Ramsey and Sandor. Who both can can turn that into D three plus three, and then obviously having Cersei, you can you can modify that test, and it's very possible with cut them down. Now now you'd have to have a great roll, but uh, you could you could cost twelve wounds with the starting panic check and then the follow up panic check. And you've got Cersei on them, you've got Henry Roar, so I think Blackguard were already intriguing, and a lot of people liked them before, but I I think now you're going to see them. They're going to be a staple in a lot of lists, I would venture to guess. And, yeah. and why wouldn't they be? So, Brett, I had a little trouble understanding. Did you mention uh, putting Tywin in the black card? I did. I mentioned okay. that um, yeah. just when they had initially come out before this change. So the change makes it even more appealing because now you've got a, assuming you put seriously on that unit, you've got a panic check at negative two before you get to attack. Mm-hmm. And then if they pass their panic check, they trigger supremacy at a minus four. So it's going to be pretty nasty. And let's say they're set up to attack the round. You Cersei bomb them with Cersei. That's that's essentially what three panic checks in the space of two rounds. <laughs> yes. Yep. So you know what do you say then? I did get a few direct messages and shout out to people engaging. I love getting messages from you. A few people concerned. They're like, hey, my friend just bought into the game. They got their Lannister forces, 
And I'm worried that they're going to stop playing now because of these changes that just happened. What do you just say to people who are like really, who are really scared about this? I mean, it seems to me, this is the best time for them because they would have known anything previously. So they're coming into it brand new and learning the game with the new mechanics. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and I think for some of the veterans, uh, I've mentioned this already, but I, I think we, we have to not even get into the habit of thinking, well, under the old rules, this would have been seven wounds, but now it's only three. I, I, I think you just abandon that mindset and you just go with what it is now because if you crunch the numbers, like I said, on average, they're going to be taking more. And uh, you're just going to be able to spread out some of your panic modifiers instead of focusing. You, you, you don't need a minus 10 anymore. You don't need seriously vicious, rear, plus a hear me roar. You can save that hear me roar for another combat, and, and maybe you can make them fail a panic check there where you would have just stopped the hear me roar to try to cause, you know, five, six, seven, eight wounds, but there's, there's no need for that anymore. So Yeah, for the, the veteran players are just going to have to get past kind of the psychology of outliers. They remember all the times when that one panic test won them the game. Oh, other players remember the times the panic test lost them the game when they were old snake <laughs> eyes. Um, it, it's it, it, Brett keeps mentioning averages, and I think that's the most important thing to really focus on with this. This keeps the game focused more around averages and then therefore focused more around the tactics that you're using as you're playing and not just relying on those occasional lucky, fantastic right. dice rolls that end up turning the whole the 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 game from you know, a loss to a win or vice versa. And I feel like it also makes it a little bit more predictable now. And so you can plan your strategies better and you can still push through damage. Like there's still, still ways to do a tremendous amount of damage and adding morale damage onto it. But you know, you don't have to suddenly have your whole thing fall apart because you rolled double ones and you, you know, you lost your entire Stark Bowman unit to, you know, one wound or something or. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love that it's pushing some of the named characters into more of, a, of an ascendancy so that there's more of a need for them. Those characters that are going to force an extra two wounds from a failed panic test, uh, the characters that are going to gain benefits from panic tests. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think Stalwart, which is already pretty important, is uh, maybe even more important now because, again, on the averages, the number of panic tests that unit is going to take, you're going to hopefully. Uh, mitigate some of that damage throughout the game. And uh, so I think the uh, the guard captain and the order in general at any cost is, is just as important as it ever was. So, so you yeah, know, ultimately good things. And the rest of these uh, 1.5 changes, unit updates, any other rule book changes are going to be out on December 9th. So that's not too far from now. It'll be right after PAX Unplugged. So that national championship that weekend is going to basically be the last 1.4 event uh before we're into the new new modes and that release uh, date was a huge surprise i kept thinking january 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 yeah well i wonder I, I know that they have not announced any unit releases for the month of december and i and i don't know i'm not a i don't own a store i'm not a distributor but I, that maybe it's a kind of a common thing to not have releases in december and so maybe this is kind of that filler for that yeah i think from what i've heard they tend to to not really release much in december but, you know, speaking of upcoming releases, then January is going to see Targaryens. And uh, we talked a little bit last episode about there was some interesting releases in the apps, but then it wasn't in the app. And, and now we actually have the Targaryen faction, all the cards, updated officially in the app for everyone to have. And the tactics cards are looking very good. <laughs> they, 
they look really good. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a, with a little bit of trepidation. I'm you know I'm like oh good the, the morale is going to help so my raiders last a little bit longer and I'm not sure it's going to matter against some of these forces. So uh, I thought maybe we could talk about the Targaryen taxes cards just in general the the general ones first and then talk about Caldrogo and Jorah Mormont and their specific cards as well. So Sounds the, perfect. So one of the things that I first off noticed is that there are, out of the cards they have, there are four that um, rely on the maneuver zone. So as a whole, the faction is is very tied to maneuverability on the tactic zone. And, you know, as an all-cavalry starter set, they're already going to be pretty zippy. Uh, but the first card I wanted to look at was uh, just their basic overrun, right? Now, this isn't necessarily a new card, but when a friendly combat unit destroys an enemy with a melee attack, instead of maneuvering, they may pivot and then make a free charge action if you control the maneuver zone, they get plus two to its charge distance rolls. So it's, it's Commander Gregor's overrun card, except for they've, they've, uh, the stipulation is the maneuver zone instead of being a half the game unit. So we, yeah. we should already know that this is a nasty card from, <laughs> from Clegane. So. And on an all cavalry force, I mean, they're going to be charging from what? Is that like, uh, like 14 inches away or something? Yeah. Um, they can get you from uh, 18 without any of the movement buffs because their, their maneuver is six and then six plus a D6. Oh my God, so. you're right. Six plus, yeah. And potentially six plus a D6 plus two. Jeez. Yeah. And I believe they have some ways to increase their movement as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they have long, long striking range. It's, uh, it's pretty intimidating. They're very, very fast. And then we yeah. also got. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. So, I mean. Any any card just universally that gives you the ability to get an extra attack out of activation is always going to be fantastic. Yeah, and, and then this one, I mean, obviously, anybody who's played Overrun knows doing the pivot first and then the charge. Um, a lot of times, if your opponent isn't ready for it and if their battle lines aren't set up right for it, the Overrun is a free charge probably in somebody's and it's just uh, downhill from there. So then we got hit and run after a friendly combat unit completes a melee attack. That unit may make a free retreat action and automatically counts as rolling a six for their retreat distance. If you control the maneuver zone, any enemy they disengage from also becomes weakened. Yeah, so these pinball cards are also just really strong. I mean, this gives you the ability, you get a flank charge off, play hit and run, you uh, retreat to the side, get behind their lines, and then you have pretty much carte blanche to do whatever you want after that um and just like just cause havoc i think it's like with a small a small force i mean there's not that many units in the starter set you can hit 40 points just with the targaryen box itself but uh you've got multiple units engaged with you you're dropping a lot of weakened tokens and we'll talk later on about how you know there's some ways for them to convert tokens in this faction as well so the crazy thing with this card and i, I know this from playing rob stark a little bit he was one of my favorite start commanders, you've got veterans that can uh, essentially charge with the sword, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've got charging volley. So if you start your round and you, you take charging volley and you shoot, you charge, then you play hit and run, like Colin was saying, you can bounce back behind their lines <laughs> and you, you haven't even activated yet. So they immediately... You could, that, you could use that, what is that NCU that lets you, uh, Mopatis, lets you then take another activation at the very end of all of this chain as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they can get behind um, a line of infantry very, very easily. And uh, at that point, you, you have to react to that. And uh, I think you have to 
turn around so that you're not rear-charged and it's kind of messing up your entire battle plan. Hit and run is a fantastic card. Man, so I was getting so excited with the 1.5 changes for the Lannister Halberdiers. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're coming back. Here we go. <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe now with this new starter set coming out, maybe this is in the exact moment to field them. You know, <laughs> try and go well, now, Halberdiers actually are, are frightening to this uh, army because they're, they have no defense. Uh, right. The best in the box is a four plus. And uh, we've proxied the models and the cards in India, and I've played against them twice. And uh, there's definitely a learning curve. They are very fast, and they do hit hard, but they can't afford to be bogged down at all. So it's not, it's not all doom and gloom, but right. uh, they, they are very good. It was kind of like getting used to playing with the, uh, with the Free Folk when they first came out. Um, yeah. Except, you know, they had the Giants. You had something that had a, a little bit of staying power. But, but even then, I mean, if you weren't careful with an army mostly composed of Raiders yeah. and uh, Trappers, <laughs> they were just going to melt. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm not a super competitive player, but it's like, you know, it took me a long time with free folk to get even just to the point where it wasn't, you know, I set up my army. Okay. Now my opponent gets to pick one of my things, anything it wants, it dies. And now I get to fight you. And <laughs> the thought of trying to like pin down this, this Kalasar is, is going to be a, a, an exciting learning opportunity. What's interesting, if you think about it is that, uh, so we had the free folk and Night's Watch released pretty close to each other. It's kind of the, the counter uh, factions. They had kind of the same mechanics as Baratheons and Targaryens. You had your one tanky faction that yeah. can hit hard and sticks around, and then your one very maneuverable, uh, running around, uh, kind of like different mechanics. Yeah, I, I actually have to totally agree with that because Baratheons have have the tools to slow down and basically um, mitigate a Targaryen charge with the uh, the Master Warden, so they wouldn't get flank rear four charge bonuses, and then they're already having high armor, and they're, they're not going to be able to get the rerolls from the charge if you pop that order. And Yeah, that's a really good point, Colin. Yeah, and not to mention the fact, um, so let's say they're planning on playing Overrun, they hit a unit of Stagnites, and then you play Last Stand, and all of a sudden you've got seven dice coming right back at that <laughs> unit and just taking it down. And so they can charge again with Overrun if they manage to live through it, but they may only have one wound left after. Well, we'll get to there's some cards they can use to deal with that. Yeah. Before we get to that, Unstoppable Advance. At the start of a friendly turn, attach this card to a friendly combat unit until the end of the round. While attached, this unit gains plus one movement, ignores dangerous, hindering, and rough terrain keywords, and cannot suffer disorderly charges. Oh my gosh. You know, plus one movement is nice. Ignoring terrain is like another way of adding movement. And yep. uh, but not being able to suffer disorderly charges, no hidden traps, no you know what Rob Stark shenanigans, you know nothing. Yep, and that's that's for the round. So that's... Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I mean, you play this, <laughs> then you start playing hit and run, overrun. I mean, you're all over the board. All over. And doesn't Daenerys uh, correct me if I'm wrong? Her influence, her NCU influence, gives <laughs> plus one movement as well, yeah. right? And that stacks, right? I was I was trying to remember. <laughs> yeah. It does. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm seeing like, a reason why I wouldn't. With Rebel Lightworks, they got to build like extra long Dothraki rulers where it's like, yo, you regular mortals use this ruler. We use, you know, an 18 inch ruler. Yeah, you, you're, you're actually right. You got a good point. Uh, they can move further than the, uh, than the standard ruler. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, so then we got Swift Retreat. And uh, after a friendly combat unit is attacked with melee, that unit may immediately make a free retreat action. If you control the maneuver zone, one enemy they disengage from suffers D3 wounds. 
So even when they're running away, they have potentially they're they're killing people. Yes, and it's it's going to make it really hard because I mean five plus defense is five plus defense, but you're not going to be able to really one shot them. I think the idea is to pin them with a unit and then send your buddy in to finish them off. And with this card, that's not that's not going to be super easy to do because if you're talking about infantry, they're presumably going to retreat further than the infantry can charge right. to get to them. So this is going to be one of those situations I can already predict where I'm going to try and kill a unit with a giant. They're not going to die. They're going to retreat using this, killing my giant, and then like retreating into a position where they're ready to charge on their activation back into my forces. Well, you know, and here's something else to think about. There's nothing that's preventing the Targaryens from using uh, your, uh, your neutral units. So you could throw in a unit of flayed men in with this army that can yeah. benefit from all of these collective cards and has the benefit of a really, really hefty armor class even after the 1.5 changes. And yeah. wow. Cameron actually brought Flaidman in our very last game, and uh, they, they go really well with that army because they give, you a solid, uh, they give you a solid anchor point, but it's actually a really mobile anchor point as well. So. And in and nine points, got... they're easier to fit in. They're easier to fit in. They're actually less than the, uh, the veterans that come in the box. Now, they serve a different role, but they definitely have a place in the army. So, and yeah, Flayed Men being able to ignore the keywords, the hindering, rough, dam uh, dangerous, it's uh, really nice. You, you can't really use uh, bogs to slow them down or uh, <laughs> body imagine, or anything. So. Imagine putting, like, a Screamer Co. in them, giving them Sundering as well as a Vicious Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, now you're starting to hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> So then we've also got Fire and Blood. When a friendly combat unit successfully charges, choose one. This attack gains precision, where hits from rolls of six do not allow defense saves, or the attack gains vicious. And then if you control the maneuver zone, you get to use both. So Fire and Blood, this is a crazy powerful and flexible card. Bladesmen love Fire and Blood. So they've got Critical Blow, and Precision is like made for units with Critical Blow because oh six has become too hits that don't allow defensive saves. And it's actually really interesting. I'm noticing that the devs are uh, taking some of these keywords and, and kind of carrying them out. I think Precision started with uh, Otho Yarwick's commander card, mm -hmm. and now it's popping up here. So I think, it's, I think Precision has become one of our keywords, like Thundering and Vicious. And then uh, Fury of the Dragon. Uh, when you claim attack zone of the tactics board, replace the zone's effect with one friendly combat unit may make one free maneuver or retreat action, and then until the end of the round, each time a friendly combat unit successfully charges, the defender becomes panicked or vulnerable, your choice. Whoa. Just universally useful. I mean, you're going to be charging so much with this army anyway. Um, you're just going to toss tokens out all over the place. And then if you've got uh, Jorah Mormonts out there also, any of those tokens you throw out, even if you throw out a panic, but say you suddenly need a vulnerable, well, now you got it. Right. right. This is that good, right? It's like not one of those, I'm like thinking, I was like, was this just, just good on paper and on the on the table? You're like, well, you won't get every charge or whatever, because it just seems really, really good. No, it's, it's incredibly good. It's incredibly good and it's incredibly powerful. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a card that will probably draw out a lot of various tokens. Um, yeah, because a retreat is actually one of the most underrated 
um, actions in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a well-timed retreat is a, a good general's maybe his best tool. So they're going to be able to do a free retreat, or they can take a free maneuver, getting one of their units that hasn't activated into position to flank or rear charge. And then additionally, you get the tokens, which is just icing on the cake. So, man, this this card is very powerful. Very I'm powerful. I'm trying to think of uh, for those of you that are big fans of like the winds winds of winter or uh, dark wings. Uh, where you're trying to get like some objective cards, you have to get like tokens out to get points, or you have to get like a successful charge. This just seems like a a real multiplier card for that sort mm-hmm. of game mode. It is, yeah. Isn't there a card that uh, gives you a point for every successful charge? Yeah, yeah. They might pick up and four or five for, points. Like, <laughs> those of uh, you know tokens that you have on things, and it's like, oh, I can just choose what tokens I need. Yeah, that's, that's so. crazy. Uh, and then we've got Blood of the Dragon. So I'm liking these kind of cool, specific uh, Targaryen cards. Uh, When a friendly combat unit successfully charges, attach this card to that unit until the end of the round. While attached, this unit automatically passes all panic tests and can never become panicked. It's like we were just talking about how significant panic is. (laughs) But like, what? (laughs) Auto-pass for the entire round. That's insane. I've seen a card that lets them auto-pass one panic test, but this is for an entire round. And they can't even get tokens put on them to save for le- later. Like, they can ne- never become panicked that round. Right. Like, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, right now, Targaryen's just the general tactics deck is already, like, very useful. Yep. And then we get guys like Khal Drogo. Um, so, Khal Drogo, his, uh, I think it's Adravat, which is Dothraki for kill. Um when you claim the, the melee zone of the tactics board, attach this card to an enemy combat unit until the end of the round. So another until the end of the round card. While attached, melee attacks targeting this unit gain critical blow and sundering. So there, there's a few things that I really like about uh, Cal Drogo in, in his cards. The first one is, so you, you basically, all your normal tactics cards, you're fighting for that horse zone the entire time. So it gives you something else to look for. So you don't always have to have the horse zone to get the extra benefits. Um, and then this, I mean, critical blows, sundering, when you've got the opportunity for taking off activations with the Lirio, for doing your overrun and getting all these free extra attacks on top of everything else, it's huge. I'm going to reference you back to uh, the card that gives precision as well and my, my point about sixes. So you're going to have critical blows against whatever you're unit that's basically marked for death. And uh, if you play that precision card, um, you know, with your unit that has the most attack, it's going to be nasty. On, with, on Fire and Blood, the scenario, with the Fire and Blood tactics card, you're just killing marked units. Absolutely. All right, so here's something I was just thinking about. You've got all of these cards. They're giving critical blow, sundering, precision, abilities that have these keywords. It feels like playing against... Uh, the Targaryens, you're really going to want something like a Walder Frey, a uh, Tywin Lannister NCU, something that can just strip abilities. Otherwise, some of these Death Star units are just going to, with, with all these stacked keywords, are just going to run rampant. Well, Colin, the interesting thing is they cleaned up what abilities are stripped, mm-hmm. and they have, they have changed it now to where you lose what abilities are on your card, and then cards and NCUs can give you abilities back. So while Tywin is helpful, you won't be able to stop them from gaining Sundering from this card. 
Ooh. Neither will uh, Walter Frey. I mean, I'm even thinking well, for... Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking for Free Folk, I'm like surround and expose, and I need to like, you know, bog you down, get multiple units in there to actually uh, shut you down. Yeah, it was one of the uh, one of the earlier 1.5 updates. I do remember that now. The visions in the past. Um, yeah. So I know if that they said that it's not going to strip vows or anything like that. What if the if the unit already has the card on it before you strip the abilities? Then I would assume that you would. Uh, ooh, I don't know because it does say they lose what abilities are printed on their card. I think. Now, yeah, we we might have to we might have to have a ruling on that, but I would assume that the card would still give it because the the critical blow and the uh, thundering wouldn't be printed on their card. And I, I think they did that as a general tidying things up because of all the discussions that were coming up. Right. So yeah, it was I a think, very like, kind of messy issue. Was yeah, there supposed to be an FAQ coming out with this update? Was that a thing? Uh, I'm I'm assuming that when they release 1.5, it'll have a an FAQ, but I I'm, I can't speak for gotcha. the developers so. Certainly could be answered in the CMON forum, but from yeah. what I recall of reading, I don't have it directly in front of me. I, I, I just, seem to I recall. Just it up. So yeah. the, the way it, it specifically is printed, sometimes an ability or effect will remove abilities from a unit. When this happens, the unit loses the effect of all non-innate abilities printed on their card, as well as abilities and effects from any attachments on the unit. Removing a unit's abilities will have no effect on abilities effects granted by NCU or tactics cards unless specifically mentioned. So Brett, you're dead on accurate. So the Targaryens basically have a built-in defense against losing abilities by not having any of these abilities on their units. It's almost like they timed that perfectly, huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So he'll still help. Um, I mean, Walter Frey, surrounded and exposed, all those cards will still help. Um, You'll be able to strip charging volley from the veterans. You'll still be able to mitigate some of the damage, and uh, some of those strip attachments too. So you'll remove the uh, the screamer KO. So and Caldrogo's abilities, you know. Yeah, he's able to charge with the combat the, the combat zone. zone. Yeah, which is oof. yeah. We we didn't even mention that him as, yeah. him as a commander, his <laughs> right his onslaught. So uh, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of ways to charge you. So. Or how about even uh, Ride by Attack, his other tactics card. When a friendly, unengaged cavalry unit activates, uh, at, uh, as its action this turn, the unit may pivot, march, and may move through enemies during this march. After completing this action, it may resolve one charge attack, getting all the rank or uh, flank bonuses, depending on its line of sight to start. I mean, with a faction, it also can give you plus one movement and, and movement buffs in many other ways. I mean... You could literally go straight through. You don't even have to cut the corner. You can go straight through units with this. Correct. And I believe, I was thinking about this uh, prior to the podcast, I believe with the way the free maneuver works for cavalry, I believe when you play this card, it says for their action, well, their action happens after their free maneuver. So I think they can maneuver up and then march through you. So potentially oh, yeah. a 21-inch move. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> they, they can move up to your flank and then march through your flank and pop out on the other side of your flank. Or if it's angled properly, they can pop up behind you in your rear. Right. So what were we saying about an 18-inch Targaryen? Maybe just go ahead and give them a two-foot, like, 24-inch ruler. I think yard, yard, yard standard. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm seeing the potential for 24 inches. Oh, my God. This is crazy. 
Um, and I always get I always get messed up with this with the ride by attacks. I don't often have that at many opportunities. I don't play uh, many factions that have that, but uh, you have to have uh, one inch of space after your ride by attack. Like you can't just pass through and land like almost flush on the other side. Units have to be one inch away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you could end up right behind this because movement isn't really a concern for them. They have so much distance they can cover. Now, I could be wrong on this. Y'all fact check me. But isn't right now only uh, Brendan Tully uh, Cavalry the, the yeah. only commander that has this right now? Yep, and I don't think Starks have a way to really increase the movement of uh, their cabs. So the Fox <laughs> is, is Outriders at six, but... You're wanting Tully Cab to do a move like this, but they're, mm. they're stuck at a movement five, so it can be hard to get that clearance that they need. But I don't think Targaryens are going to have that problem. Jeez. They, they laugh at Outriders. And then he's got Devastating Impact. When a friendly unit declares a charge, that unit may reroll their charge distance die, and their attack deals plus two automatic hits. If you control the, the attack zone, this unit automatically counts as having rolled a six for their charge distance, and they deal plus two wounds instead of hits. Terrifying. <laughs> Same as the start cards, but they want the combat zone instead of the maneuver zone. So it looks like Targaryens as a house want the maneuver zone and Caldrogo wants the combat zone. So yeah. Similar to start, but uh, similar but different. Yeah, and anyone that's played against a lot of start players know just how dangerous this card can be. It can be. It's maybe their best card. <laughs> One of the best. The, the automatic best. six for the charge distance. I mean... You know I love Tywin's Mad Dog, and that's one of his uh, one of his best features. So. Mm-hmm. All right, and then I'm gonna need your help for this next one, Jorah Mormont, the Westerosi tactician. Um, he got you know his cars got spoiled, and there was his his uh, solo version, and it seems like for some reason Jorah Mormont does not get a lot of like fan love. You know, people nobody out there seemed to be clamoring for Jorah Mormont. I felt a little bit bad for him. His tactic cards are pretty good though. And let's let's uh, let's hype him up a little bit here. So we got martial superiority. When an enemy combat unit attacks before attack dice are rolled, that attack rolls negative two dice and loses any abilities until the end of the turn. If they are attacking Jor Mormont's unit, the enemy also becomes weakened. So it's kind of like an anti Umber champion. It is. It's uh. It's oh, anybody Roderick, who plays Roderick Castell. Yep. So if you've ever played Roderick, you know about this card. It's a it's a very devastating. It's very anti Knights of Castle Rock uh, Tully Cab, who are mm-hmm. obviously two units that you see at every tournament you go to. So it's dropping them down to four attacks with no thundering, no critical blow, and they're weakened. So you're taking one of the most devastating charges in the game, and you're completely neutering it. So they just run up and kind of tap them with their lance. <laughs> they just tap them, yeah. Tag. It's... Yeah, we've got, we've got superior flanking. When a friendly unit attacks an enemy in the flank or rear, the attack rolls plus three attack dice, and the defender becomes vulnerable. This is like a, a better version Arma. of Harma. <laughs> yeah. yep. mm-hmm. um, man, that's, but the difference is uh, you're going to put some serious dents on targets with the Targaryens charging with, with plus three dice. Um, you know, they're veterans. They're not necessarily like starved for being able to do damage output. So oh, when a friendly unit attacks an enemy in the flank of the rear and it's attacks, not melee attacks. So those veterans are going to get plus three shots. Oh my gosh. That's and disgusting. you can use it with the outriders. I mean, you could play this in so many ways. Um, that is nasty. And they become vulnerable. So then you're, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Oh, with that, with those, uh, with the veterans. It's what gross. is it? Seven shots and eight attacks naturally. So go up to ten and eleven, and you're vulnerable. Oh, that's horrible. And then, <laughs> and, and then oh think about the melee that, uh, or not the melee, but the range. Like putting this on a ranged attack. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Oh my god, that's rough. Yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah, he's he's beast mode. I mean, come on, fans, it's Jora. And then he's got bravery in the face of death. When a friendly unit passes a morale test or a successfully charges, you may restore up to two wounds to that unit. If that unit has only one remaining rank, restore D3 plus one wounds instead. This is going to be a nightmare for people trying to finish off Targaryen units, and then they get to just skedaddle away and, and uh, maybe heal up. Yep, this, is this is the only Eddard. healing card that they really have, isn't it? Yeah. And this is Eddard Stark. Mm-hmm. So... And the other thing is his commander ability, he's got uh, stubborn tenacity. So you can't really go try to pin his unit down with a dog because if they pass their morale test, they're going to do D3 wounds. And they've got and, the card uh, that lets them automatically pass it if you. Uh, if you yeah. Need. Yep. I, I learned dog down. Ghost, so I sent Ghost in. I'll just hold these guys down for a second. No, no, you won't. All right. We're so going to give him Ghost. So, so Colin, uh, you get your Targaryen starter set. You're going to sit down for your first game. Are you going to field Khal Drogo or Jorah Mormont as your commander in the first game you play? Kind of depends on <laughs> what game mode I'm using. I kind of, uh, I, I, I prefer control style play. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'd probably try out Jorah Mormont first. All right. And Brett, how about you? What, you first game you get to play with Targs. Who are you fielding? It depends on my opponent, honestly. Uh, it depends on if I play Starks, it's, it's going to be uh, Jorah all the way. Um, if I play something where I think I can uh, just kind of bounce through their units and uh, clean everything up, I'm going to try Cal Drogo. But I think Jorah is all around. I think he's more well-rounded. And I think, I think Colin is right. I think he, he has the uh, control aspect. And uh, Colin and I both appreciate that play style with uh, Tyrion. So... I think he, I think he's your guy. Uh, and he's actually guy. he's he's kind of like the sparrow, I guess. He's got a defensive card, a healing card, and an attack card, so he's pretty well rounded. The other thing to think about is if you're trying to play, like the Targaryens are going to be fantastic in scenarios like right out of the box, like Fire and Blood, um, uh, your uh, Clash, not Clash of Kings, um, is it? Yeah, Dance that's the one. Dance of Dragons are going to be good. The one where you do side deployments. The one I'm Clash of Kings. <laughs> Clash of Kings, that is it. They're going to be fantastic <laughs> that, but they're going to struggle with Game of Thrones. I, I feel like with Dance, they're probably going to struggle a little bit with that one also. And perhaps even Feast for Crows, because those are ones where they either you have to hold objectives and you've got five all spread out, or you're stuck kind of mired in corpse files and you can't move around as much, or your movement gets dropped down to two. And in those scenarios, I think Jorah's going to give them a little bit more of an advantage that they need to survive. I agree. And retreating is going to be their friend in Dance mm -hmm. of Dragons. Yeah, because absolutely. you retreat, oh, you get 2 plus D6, so you're going to retreat faster than you can maneuver. So the other thing I can't wait to see is watching uh, Free Folk, specifically like a Harma Free Folk player, play against uh, Targaryen and watch the players just at each other's throats both yeah. trying to get that cavalry zone. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's where I think it's going to come down to as well. Like also uh, how do neutrals factor in um, mm -hmm. and any future attachments for, for free folk. But um, 
you know, the one thing I'm, I'm thinking about as well is uh, thematically, I think the starter set like really kills it. Like it's, it, it seems like it's got the Kalasar vibe down. Uh, but I know future units will know there'll be some unsullied and I don't know what other future uh, Targaryen units there might be. Um, do you think that the, the, the general tactics deck will continue to fit the, the, the theme of a Targaryen force as we move away from having just sort of mounted units or is the, um, you know, the Dothraki kind of always going to be like the core part of Targaryen, you think? I, I mean, a lot of these cards, um, they're fantastic with cavalry, but you can always get benefits from retreating no matter what the unit. Um, you you know, some of your cards specifically ride by attack. You're never going to be able to use that unless it's cavalry. So right. if you're, you're running Cal Drogo, you're going right. to want a lot of, uh, of, cavalry in there so but, i wonder if we'll see like a sub faction like if it's like you want to take all unsullied for some reason you know caldrogo is not your guy right right yeah honestly a lot of the cards do i mean they still work with infantry i've run rob stark without cavalry and hit and run still works for infantry i mean overrun. unstoppable advance is still gonna work retreat. with infantry yeah retreat still great for infantry so i think i think colin's right that uh it, it it'll definitely reward cavalry a little bit more, but it's it's definitely not bad for infantry. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Blackguard would like to be oh, five and ignoring. <laughs> oh god, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so they they could be. I mean, if you've got if you don't have enough points for slave men, you could throw some Blackguard in there just as a point holder. And, uh, they would be. Something similar, just not as fast, maybe not as offensive, but hey, the new panic changed, so they, they can they can do their wounds other ways. I think they'd be fantastic with them because I mean they're they're a great anvil, and you know, yeah. hold them down, they engage the black guard, then all of a sudden you've got screamers and veterans and everything else exactly. coming from all directions. It's very much a tank and flank army. I think black guard are great. And then kind of the final question then is, uh, you know, when starter sets come out uh, and inevitably people want to get them on the table as soon as they can to play against their friends and their friends might be fielding, you know, uh, armies that have seven, eight, nine, you know, expansions already. Uh, and some starter sets maybe struggle into more advanced lists off the bat, you know, and I know some people are saying Baratheons, you know, if you're just taking them, you know, two starter sets or just out of the box, um, you know, things that do auto wounds or some other types of units can be a little bit challenging for, you know, your, your, your just core set, right? Cause it's not a complete faction yet. Um, how do you think this is going to stack up, you know, uh, against some of these other more established factions off the bat? Now, obviously they don't necessarily be like, you know, top tier right off the bat. Cause they don't have any expansions, but how do you think they, uh, they look just, you know, coming in as is. I mean, I think as the game continues to mature and we get more neutral factions, it's a lot easier to plug the gaps in an initial starter set. It may not yeah. be a perfect fit, but you're not nearly in the situation that you would have been in, say, six months to nine months ago. Right. I, I think they're out of the box ready to compete right now, actually, and I think they're only going to get better. They, uh, everybody is afraid of the stone thrower, but the, the Targaryens, they don't seem to really care much for the stone thrower. They can be... <laughs> They can be in that 12-inch safe zone very, very, very quickly. And, uh, yeah, I, I think they're a very hard counter to really any ballista because with their, their crazy movement, they can safely get away from the range of a scorpion and easily be in striking range of that same scorpion. So, 
absolutely. Well, I'm going to start wrapping things up here. Any things you're working on? Uh, we've got the we've got the event in January. That's an Acon timer. Uh, the gentleman who is running the Acon tournament for Steamon will actually be there in Indiana running the event for us. So we're hoping to get 30 or more people. It's indicating that we're going to get that. We had uh, 16 at our last small local. So we would definitely encourage anyone to come out and get a look at the scenario packet and the tournament packet and have a chance to sit and talk with uh, Marty, the PO. He's a very, very friendly guy. And uh, yeah, he'll be there in Indy and we'll have it at Family Time Games with Shane, who is uh, a huge supporter of the game. So anybody who wants to come out definitely would be a really fun time and a chance to practice your Acon list. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, so I've been uh, working as the editor now for few weeks, few months, I, I guess, on uh, the on the gaming website. We've just rolled out the new version, and uh, I'd love to get some more written content. So if anybody has any uh, anything that they feel is unique, a unique take on the game, um, if you have opinions that you'd want to share, uh, reach out to us, and we'd be more than happy to accept submissions and talk to you about it. Our uh, email address you can send it to is ottgarticles at gmail.com. And, and, you know, uh, thank and thank you so much for both of you coming on here. You know, Colin, uh, you know, has been doing an amazing job editing the articles. So if you've seen all that coming through our, our site, uh, there is everything that's come through there has had his careful and watchful eye look over it and oftentimes helping add things in. Um, and then, uh, you know, Brett as well. Um, he's uh, been, you've been seeing his articles for sure. And if you haven't had the pleasure of being out there playing against them, you've probably read some of his Lannister guides. And uh, even for some of the smaller things, whenever we have questions in the Discord, he's always ready to jump in and get feedback. And, uh, you know, in that last panic change article, Colin and I got in there and kind of moved some things around and, and uh, got an article together. Brett also jumped in and, and, and helped give some feedback. So uh, thank you to both of you for, you know, helping keep that information flowing out to the, the community. Well, uh, thanks for having us and thanks for, thanks for doing what you did with uh, On the Table Gaming. Uh, definitely appreciated by the community. It's, uh, it's a favorite spot for a lot of people. We appreciate you taking your time and, and doing this. And we got a lot of more cool things in the works. And in the meantime, I hope you get your miniatures on the table. <laughs>